Should you support Internet Explorer in 2019? How do you ensure compatibility with such an old browser? Is there any point? All these questions answered here on Coding with Seth. A few years ago, I wrote an article titled, Do I Need to Worry About Internet Explorer in 2017? At the time, I was writing websites, and I still am. But specifically, I was writing websites which really focus on compatibility across multiple platforms. And unfortunately, one of those platforms was still Internet Explorer. Back then I said Internet Explorer may be a thing of the past with Microsoft moving its efforts to Edge, but IE has still left a legacy behind. The key question is, should you support IE? My answer to this is it depends. As with everything in software, you can't simply have a one-size-fits-all solution. Whether or not you need to support older browsers and how far you go back is really dependent on context. My recommendation is that you look at data. Data is the most useful tool for making decisions because the data that you have that tells you about your customers is highly relevant. It can help direct you in making decisions and making well-informed decisions. So to answer the question, should you support IE, have a look at the usage data for your website. If you're using Google Analytics or any other analytics platform, you can see which browsers people are using to access your site. From this, you can determine where you should focus your efforts. Should you support IE? Well, maybe. If 80% of your traffic comes from older browsers like IE11, then that should be your top priority. If it's a smaller amount, maybe a few users a month, is it worth it? Are those users engaging with your site? Are they customers? Are they buying products? Do they leave your site immediately? All these are factors that you should take into consideration when making the decision. If you don't have any data, it's a little more difficult. Sometimes raw data like this isn't available. However, the context in which people use your website may have some impact on that decision too. Who's your target customer? Who are the people using your website? What are their tech skills? Are they likely to install a new browser or will they use the default that comes with the system? Do they have any control over it at all? In corporate networks, this might not be the case. They're at the will of the system admin, whether or not they're using the latest browser, whether they can upgrade at all. In 2017, it was still common that system admins would be updating the systems of their clients. I've worked on many products over the years where supporting IE is a necessity. This is because the users we were targeting were on corporate networks. They were unable to install newer browsers, even though they may use them in their own time. The product that we created was to be used in a work environment. And because of that, we needed to support IE. And not just support it, but we needed to thoroughly test on IE through every iteration of the product. If you take nothing else from this episode, then take this one thing. If you have usage statistics for your website, use that data to inform your decisions. And keep an eye on different trends. You may see the popularity of certain browsers switch around over time. It's always a good idea to have a broad coverage, but you should also serve your core audience and how they choose to access your website. Although I've talked a lot about IE, the bigger picture is web compatibility in general, and how do we achieve that? There are certain things you do as a web developer that can make things easier for you in the long run. And there are other things which make it extremely difficult. One of the most important things, in my opinion, is semantic elements. It might seem easy, and everyone knows that they should do it, but in practice it can fall by the wayside. It's easy to work from a design and mock things out, and before you know it, you've created nothing but divs. You've created all the building blocks you needed to recreate the design to get the functionality that you wanted, but the elements that you've used aren't semantic. One of the biggest issues I've seen is adding click handlers to divs. Although this 
technically works, it's not the correct element. If something's clickable, it should be a button. If something's an image, then it should be an image element. But what does this have to do with compatibility? Well, although you might have to battle with the default browser styling to get that button looking just right, it's better in the long run. You don't have to do any extra work to get your component or your website working on older browsers. Older browsers know what a button is. They know how it should behave. And not only that, but future browsers know how that behaves. It's also easy as a web developer to overcomplicate things. It's easy to write a lot of code that you may not actually end up using for features that the browser already supports. This usually becomes an issue later when testing. Certain browsers behave slightly differently. You need to be able to catch all the different cases that you might run into. Are you trying to set the position or the size of an element using JavaScript? And then you realize it doesn't work on mobile or it doesn't work at a specific size or on a specific browser. When you come across issues like this, the framework that I use, and I mean a thought framework, not a JavaScript framework, is to see how much I can do with HTML first. Once I'm pushing the boundaries of HTML, then I see if CSS can do the job. If I'm still running into limits there, then I'll think about a more technical solution involving JavaScript. That might be the right decision for the task. However, it might also be something else. Don't be afraid to look at the design and really ask, is this beneficial to the users? Is it worth spending all this time to get a custom experience when a built-in experience might work just as good? There may be pushback from design, but you really need to champion the user in the situation. You may be able to make a really nice custom component work, but did you handle every case, every device, every screen size? The reason I prefer semantic HTML and CSS before JavaScript is because you're not going against the grain. You're not swimming upstream. By using the best practices and using the elements that were intended to be used, you can circumvent a lot of work. Not only work for yourself, but work for the user. The more you swim upstream and try to create things which go against semantic HTML, or try to reinvent something that CSS already does, you're creating more work for yourself in the future. It can be the right decision for some scenarios, but I think it's the exception rather than the rule. Whenever possible, try and use what HTML and CSS give you. Use progressive enhancement to ensure that your site works at the base level, whatever that base you choose is, and then build on top of that if you know that the majority of your users can get a better experience from something custom then maybe that's the path to go. But try and make sure it works for the rest of your users as well, not just those with the newest browsers or the most standard devices. So how do you go about implementing browser compatibility? You've done your research. You've decided you need to support some older browsers. How do you make it easier on yourself? One tool I keep coming back to is Auto Prefixer. It's a tool I've consistently used throughout my career. It focuses specifically on CSS, but the reason I like it is because it minimizes the amount of code you write and reduces the risk of making mistakes. If you don't know already, Autoprefixer is a post-processor which writes vendor prefixes for you. What's great about this is you can write your CSS in standard CSS. You don't have to add any browser prefixes. You can let Autoprefixer do the dirty work for you. If you take Flexbox, for example, without any vendor prefixes, you can simply say display flex. Auto Prefixer will take that and turn it into WebKit Box, WebKit Flex, MozBox, MS Flexbox, and any other prefixes it needs to ensure that it works for the browsers you're targeting. This is a huge time saver, which reduces the amount of inconsistencies across different browsers. I recommend you check it out if you haven't. You can use it with many popular build tools, and you can cater it to the browsers that you're supporting, so you just get the prefixes you need. So definitely check out Auto Prefixer. Thanks for listening. 
I hope you gained something useful from this episode. This has been Coding with Seth, and you're listening to Seth Corker. If you'd like to learn more about React, web development, and specifically frame emotion, check out my YouTube channel, Coding with Seth. You can also follow me on Twitter, at Darth Nopix. That's D-A-R-T-H underscore K-N-O-P-P-I-X. Until next time, just keep coding.